Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Two Way Podcast. Today, we are here with Eduardo Mo. And yesterday, we saw NBA games for the first time in about four and a half months. Um, it was awesome. We had two amazing close games that came down to the wire. Um, and let's get into it because we're going to be recapping uh, these games. And first off, let's start with Pelicans versus Jazz. Eduardo, what did you see from this game? So this game, obviously, amazing. Uh, great to see, like, the first two games back, uh, see two close games because obviously everybody loves that. But in this game, there were a lot of positive things for the Jazz. Um, you saw Rudy Gobert's uh, revenge game, which was great. You know, he scored the first bucket and the last one uh, with the free throws and won it. Uh, and then in the end, Brandon Ingram uh, couldn't make the shot. But also Mike Conley. I loved Mike Conley too. Jordan Clarkson was going off. Like the Pelicans could not stop him. Uh, because also um, they couldn't really stop Gobert either because look at their centers. Derek Favors, guy really doesn't do that much. The Pelicans are not really a big team, um, and I feel like some teams can really take an advantage advantage of that. Um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, also really good game for him, uh, 20 points, 5-5, five and five, uh, three steals too. Uh, Rudy Gobert, like I said, I was just kind of surprised too. Uh, I didn't expect him to have this game. Uh, but also Mike Conley, we were talking about him a few podcasts ago. Uh, we want him to get into the Mike Conley form that he was before. And I feel like this is a start for him. Obviously, it's the first game back. Uh, but I think, like, he can really go up from here. Uh, it's just – it was a really nice game for for the Jazz, too. Uh, in the Pelican side, obviously, you have Brandon Ingram, which I love. I'm a big fan of Ingram, 23-8. Uh, and eight. You have Zion only playing 15, but scored 13. Uh, I don't know why exactly he only played 15, uh, but he did. Uh, and, yeah, in this game, uh, I could only catch I, – I, I caught, like, all the second half. I missed a little bit of the first quarter and the second quarter. Uh, but, you know, obviously a great game, too. Uh, J.J. Redick, which I love. I just like a lot of players in this team. Uh, he scored 21. He's a really important piece when you think about it because the Pelicans don't really have that much shooting. Uh, but also Drew Holiday, which I think is one of the most underrated players in this league. He also went off. I'm a big fan of Drew. Three steals, 20, uh, five rebounds, four assists. Great game for him. Lonzo, not, not a really good game for him. But, yeah, both teams – first game back, it was really exciting to see. A great game to watch. Yep. Um, I completely agree now. Um, you know, things that stood out to me, obviously Gobert had a really nice game, 14, 12, and three blocks. Um, obviously, you said Conley um, really stood out. And Clarkson, Clarkson gave them a scoring scoring off the bench. I mean, he had 23 points. And um, I, I just think all the spotlight was on New Orleans, this entire game, how they're so good. Um, and, you know, whatever, even without Zion. And then the Jazz kind of took the game um, because yes, – they, they were only leading in, like, the 20s. And then in the end, they took that lead, you know. It was the first time that they were leading in the game and they could put a lot, pull, pull it out. It was a great game. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you know, things that stood out to me, Zion was great on offense in the limited minutes he played. Um, he was pretty much a zero on the defensive end, though. Um, he, he looked a little bit out of shape. And, you know, 
Alonzo Ball really costed New Orleans. I mean, this guy was two for 13 from the field um, and only four points, just not what they needed down the stretch. And, you know, J.J. Redick was amazing, like you said. Um, I feel like he should have been playing um, uh, more. I mean, he did play around 26 minutes, but I feel like he should have been playing, you know, 32, 33 minutes um, because, you know, he was giving them uh, what they needed, which was scoring. And, you know, Ingram started off really hot, um, and then he disappeared down the stretch. Uh, You know, he was really making a – he was looking like Kevin Durant in the first half, and in the second half, that kind of went away. Um, And then also Donovan Mitchell, he was kind of shut down by Drew Holiday for the first three quarters, um, and then he came alive in the fourth and, you know, uplifted them to a win. And, like I said, Gobert was nice. Um, I think Conley, what stood out to me with Conley – was, you know, just him getting back into that old Mike Conley form. I mean, he's never going to be at his peak anymore, but he can still be a really nice NBA player, which we haven't seen at all this year. He's been really yeah, um, and just not what we expected. And last year uh, with the Grizzlies was one of his best years when you look at it. And really good to see him get back. Like you said, Lonzo, he's always going to be an inconsistent player. You don't know what you can get out of him because sometimes it's going to, you know, do great in that passing lane, which we know he can do. Uh, his shooting can be good at times, but sometimes he just does this. Uh, I don't know if you can even trust him in, in the playoffs. I think a lineup they might be thinking of running is putting Lonzo on the bench, Drew in the point guard, and J.J. Redick in the shooting guard, just because you need that scoring sometimes, and you don't know what Lonzo's going to get you. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, it was a really good game. It came down to the wire. Ingram had a chance to win the th- uh, with a three. Um, it just missed. And, you know, that was it. Um, I felt like, you know, the Pelicans should have been playing Zion down the stretch. Um, I mean, when you think about it, this game was every single game. There's only eight. Every single game is super important because they have to get that ninth seed. If the Portland Trailblazers um, uh, overtake them for the ninth seed, uh, which, I mean, they have a very important game today against the Grizzlies. Um, you know, that's going to be really bad for them. They have to outmatch the Portland Trailblazers in these next eight games. And, you know, this was a very winnable game. They were up basically the entire thing outside of the first quarter. Um, and they blew it. And without Zion and, you know, Brandon Ingram disappearing down the stretch, that, that really hurt them. Um, and, you know, that, that was kind of costly. Eduardo, what did you think about Zion only playing 15 minutes and not uh, not any of those 15 minutes were down the stretch? Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, Zion, you know, he didn't play in the scrimmages. Uh, this is the first game back after, like, months and months of not playing basketball. But even that, you know, this is a really important game. They only have eight games to get into the playoffs, and they're not really that close. Obviously, they can get into it, but they need to win these type of games because sometimes they're going to play hard hard teams and you know they're not going to win those but in a winnable game like this you need to play Zion you just need to put all your weapons out there Uh, I think he can play more than that you know even being injury prone even coming back I just feel like you can't have uh, someone like I don't know who they were playing Nico Melli or something down the stretch or Jackson Hayes that's just not it you know you need all your pieces in a game like this this is for real you know this ain't, ain't no scrimmages anymore like you need to win this or else you're not making the playoffs, you know. It's it's hard, you know, because he, I feel like he could have made a big difference uh, being there in the paint. 
um, you know, at, at that stretch, they couldn't have more pieces to go to uh, down there because, like you said, Ingram wasn't doing great um, uh, in the fourth, uh, especially to the end. Uh, and, you know, maybe he could have made a difference. Uh, I just feel like they really need to play him more, obviously. Um, obviously, there are a few reasons that you could say why he, you know, can't play that many minutes, which I agree. But in games like this, where you need a win, and you saw the Jazz coming back, you know, uh, they were behind, like you said, all game. And then when you saw him coming back, you don't put him in. I don't know, man. They really need these games now. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just I, – I, I get it if you're only going to play him 15 minutes because, you know, you don't want to rush him back um, or whatever. You want to keep him healthy for the long term, and it's his first five-on-five five in a while. I get that. Um, but I just don't understand why he had to play – at the start of every quarter and why like he couldn't play they couldn't save him for like the final three minutes it just yeah, he played, didn't make played three minutes when the game started and then subbed out that's what they're like you said what they were doing basically the whole game put him in yeah. the start for like four or five minutes and then take him out i don't know mm-hmm. if that's that's the best thing and you know if they can do that if the game's you know at the start but like i said at this end you just need him or else you know uh, if you don't put all your cards on the table, I don't know if they can make those playoffs. And especially having inconsistent players like Ingram and Lonzo sometimes, Zion is a really important piece for that team. Yep, yep, for sure. And let's move on to the later game, um, which was one of the most interesting uh, games we've seen throughout the entire regular season, um, even even just being the first game back. And that was Lakers-Clippers. I mean, every time these two teams meet, it's amazing. Uh, you know, obviously, the biggest rivalry in basketball right now, maybe the two best teams in the league. Um, and, you know, Eduardo, what's the two, uh, what stood out to you um, about this game? There were a lot of things. Uh, something that really got me excited. Uh, I don't know if it was the last podcast or two before. We were just joking about how Kyle Kuzma was terrible. But in this game, he really showed out. Like you, like I said before, a lot of these young players, they are inconsistent, which I think is why he, he was in the bench uh, yesterday. Uh, but it's still a great game for him. Really good to see that. 16 and 7, uh, um, uh, 4 for 8 in the field, 50%. It's just great to see. Um, let's see if he can get – if he can do that all games, if he can be more of a consistent player just so he can be a more important piece to the Lakers. LeBron did not have a great game, uh, six for nineteen, not that not that great for him. Uh, but obviously, in the end, he obviously he's, he's gonna win that game. You know, uh, even if he's having zero for twenty um, in three quarters in the fourth quarter, he's gonna show out, and he did. But then you had Anthony Davis, which really, if he didn't drop thirty-four, I don't think they were gonna win this. Um, amazing game for him. And the thing is. The Lakers in the first quarter were doing amazing. They scored like 30 points. And then in the second quarter, they were just terrible. It's awful. They went like 6 for 19, 6 for 20 maybe, in 20 minutes. And that's basically why the Clippers got up. And then like from the second until like the middle of the third, uh, they were just not doing great, Um, obviously, in this team. Like – it's the opposite of the Clippers because the Clippers, they can take out their stars and have a solid bench come in. 
The Lakers don't have that at all. You look at the rest of the of the bench. You got Kuzma, and they got Caruso, uh, Wade, Deion Waiters, Dwight Howard. Obviously, you have Jr. playing seven minutes and dropping all zeros. You know, it's I don't know what they're gonna do. But obviously, um, if they didn't have that slump uh, down the second quarter until the middle of the third, it would be it wouldn't be a very close game. Uh, for the Clippers side, you got Kawhi dropping twenty eight. Amazing game. Paul George, 30, and especially down the, uh, in the clutch, he was amazing. He dropped that three, contested three, too. And, you know, in this game, uh, down in the fourth, the end of the fourth, there were a lot of decisions and a lot of things that happened that could have totally changed the game. Um, you had that uh, out of bounds, and they were discussing if it was uh, off Anthony Davis or Jermichael Green that hit it off his hand. That could have changed the whole game because the Lakers were already up, and if they had gotten that ball back, yeah. it would probably have been over, you know. And yeah, LeBron uh, missed the first shot, got the rebound, put it up, made it. Obviously, amazing to see that. I just love LeBron, <laughs> but you know, an amazing game, uh, especially in the first day. We're back, and now the Lakers are like six and a half games ahead uh, in the first seed. You know, let's just see what they can do in the playoffs. I don't know if this is gonna this is gonna transfer to there. There are a lot of things that we can't count on uh, to see in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean this game was amazing. I thought um, I thought LeBron was fantastic, even with the bad shooting. Um, you know, Paul George looks great uh, with the time off. Davis, I, I felt like Davis didn't look outstanding, uh, but he still had thirty four points uh, and he got it done. I mean, the Clippers looked really hurt. Um, not having Lou Will or Harrell, um, you know, that really hurt him this game, but that shouldn't be too much of a worry in the future. Um, and, you know, LeBron had 16 points, 11 boards, 7 assists, 6 for 19 from the field, not very great. Um, Davis, 34-8-4, and four, which looks like an amazing stat line. I didn't think he played amazing, um, but that's the main takeaway that I got from this game is how bad of a matchup is Davis going to be for the Clippers? And I know Harrell is probably going to be the guy guarding him most of the time. Um, but still, uh, you, Davis um, is going to be able to take advantage of Harrell. I and mean, it's not like Harrell um, is just going to be able to shut Anthony Davis down. He's probably their best guy to defend him. Um, but still, I, I feel like Davis dropped 34 points, eight rebounds, four assists, and he didn't even play that great of a game. Um, I mean, he got to the line 17 times. He made 16 of them. Uh, so he really made him pay from there. Um, Kuzma, 16-7. and seven, That was nice. I thought my guy Caruso was great on defense. Um, I think he should be playing more. And, you know, I, I think he should be taking the Avery Bradley role because he is that type of player. He can, he's that good on defense. Um, I, I don't think he's as great as Avery Bradley, but I don't think he's that much worse. Um, and, you know, I think he's better on offense than Bradley too. So, I think Caruso should be playing more. Deion Waiters gave them a spark off the bench um, and had a plus 17, plus minus, led the team uh, by far. And, you know, on the Clippers side of things, Paul George had 30 points. He was amazing. Um, he looks great. Same thing with Kawhi, had 28. It wasn't an it wasn't a outstanding Kawhi game, but he still looked really nice. Beverly had 12. Um, and that was about it. The Clippers' depth was really hurt, not having their two best guys off the bench. But um, they should be able to have those guys back if these teams were to face off in the Western Finals. 
Um, and, you know, I thought both teams looked sharp. Um, and I, I do want to talk about that last possession a little bit um, because, like you said, LeBron goes, um, you know, misses the floater, gets his rebound, puts it back up, makes it. Lakers take the lead. Um, and it comes down. Kawhi is about to go for his classic pull-up, step-back, uh, or sidestep mid-range. Um, and LeBron is all over it. And Kawhi was Kawhi had to uh, right before punch. that Kawhi crossed him up. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of LeBron, but he almost lost that one because Kawhi, you know, he did a little move right there, but then LeBron got back and, like you said, he really clutched up. He also yeah. had a wide open three that he didn't take. You know, a lot of things in this game inconsistency, but go on, go on. Yeah, so Kawhi was had to pump fake. He had to get get it out to Paul George. And LeBron was able to contest Paul George's shot. Um, I thought LeBron was really good on defense this game. And, you know, when he actually puts the effort in, he might be the best defensive player in the league. Um, obviously, we haven't seen that because he hasn't been a consistent all-defensive player. But he's still one of the most talented uh, guys when it comes to fundamental defense. So that kind of stood out to me. And... You know, I thought it was a great game in general. And, you know, if these teams face off in the Western Conference Finals, it is going to be a heck of a series. Yeah, and the Lakers, um, you know, in this season, they won four games, four games, three games. Yeah, three games. Clippers won one. You know, it's going to be amazing. Like you said, uh, Anthony Davis really for the Clippers is going to be a problem because when you look at it, he only made eight shots. The whole rest were from fouls. That's just – that's a big thing that the Clippers can't give up like that, you know. They really don't have a big man that can match up to him. And both teams uh, have a lot of pieces that can they can use against the other. Uh, like you said, a lot of good things in the, the Lakers bench. But it's not consistent. I don't think they can get on the playoffs and just do that all the time. But, you know, we'll see. Like you said – uh, it's going to be an amazing, just amazing uh, conference finals. Probably one of the best, just because whenever these teams play, it's always close, always close. And it's always one little thing uh, from e either side uh, that changes the whole game. And even if, even if it's like 10 points ahead, it's always going to come down to one decision that, you know, might have cost them the game. It's just going to be really great to see. Uh, yeah, just a lot of things um, that – we can we can take from this game. Uh, we have Pat, Patrick Beverly coming off the bench, which I don't know, man. I think he could start, uh, but I get what they're why they're doing it. Uh, just because when you look at the bench, uh, the Clippers don't really have that defense, and you know, obviously in the starting lineup they have that in Paul Jordan and Kawhi. But obviously, um, an amazing game, like you said, Caruso's defense was great, and LeBron, even if he didn't have the great shooting. Uh, he always has um, those other pieces, the rebounding and the passing, you know, and then he can rely on Anthony Davis, for example, to get those points. Yeah, yeah, um, completely agree. This is going to be a, an amazing playoffs, and I hope these two teams face off in the Western Finals. So, um, Eduardo, what actually stood out to you about just the game in general, watching it, um, how it was presented, how they incorporated the Black Lives Matter movement into it. Um, because I, I do think the NBA did a, a really great job with this. Yeah, it was great to see uh, all the players kneeling. Uh, you had, you know, uh, those videos of the players talking about it. It was amazing to see how the NBA really 
you know, kind of put that into the game because they have a huge platform. And if they don't use it, you know, it, it would be a really missed opportunity. It's great to see someone leading the NBA like Adam Silver really support the movement. It's just amazing to see. Uh, seeing all these games back, it's always amazing. Um, you know, uh, in the crowds, it was kind of funny because they, uh, the Pelicans had some empty seats. And I tweeted about it. I was like, oh, come on, Pelicans, you can't have some empty seats when the play, uh, all the fans are online. Uh, but it, like I said, it's going to be amazing to see all these games back. Really excited today. We have a bunch of games. It's just going to be really great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I thought they did a great job incorporating the Black Lives Matter movement with the jerseys and everything. I did think it was a little confusing seeing, like, because you couldn't really tell um, who is who, but because I, I feel like they should like on the front of the shorts, maybe put their name or something just somewhere on the jersey. But, um, you know, I think we'll get used to it. And, you know, it's yeah, a great idea. To do that fans, if we're non big NBA fans, it might be a little confusing. Obviously, me and you, we can look at a player and tell you yeah. who it is. Yeah. But for other people, and you had a few teams like the Lakers, uh, they couldn't put any uh, Black Lives Matter stuff in the jerseys, they had their normal names. But still, yeah, it's yeah. just really, really great to see the NBA doing that. Uh, before we go, I would just like to ask you, uh, what do you think of the All-Star Weekend as we stand up now? Because honestly, it's kind of dead. Uh, you have the, the dunk contest, which I don't think anybody is going to be participating anymore. Because you look at the 80s, you know, yeah, Michael Jordan uh, and a bunch of stars, and now you just have rookies and stuff. What do you think um, they could kind of incorporate? Because I got some ideas. They could do a 1v1 tournament, uh, a retired Legends game, uh, have the All-Star game on Blacktop, alley-oop contest. What are some other ideas that you think they could do just to spice it up? Because, honestly, when we get to the All-Star weekend, all we have to look forward to is the All-Star game. Yeah, well, because I, I really like the idea of a one-on-one -on -one tournament. Um, I feel like you would to get the better players to play. You'd have to put in a cash prize, but I mean the the NBA can do that. They can give away whatever a million, two million dollars to the winner. Um, so, and I do think it's important for these guys to know that they are the best scorer in the league. I mean, if Kevin Durant uh, had the opportunity to face LeBron James in a one on one and show that he is a better scorer than him, I think he would take that opportunity. Um, and same thing for LeBron. If he had the opportunity to show that he was the best one-on-one -on -one player in the NBA and same thing with Kawhi I think they would all do that um, because these guys want the people to know that they are the best in the league um, and you know I think it would be a good idea and it would be super super entertaining and um, yeah I, I like that idea um, I just don't know they would have to figure out something to get the high uh, profile players to play in it because like you said with the dunk contest it used to happen now uh, and now um it's just less and less players are participating. And, you know, I thought this past year's dunk contest was really, really good. Um, but at the same time, we don't have, like, LeBron and Giannis and none of those guys yeah, are especially participating. especially because of what happened. I think yeah. less and less people, like, you, you had Jock coming out and saying he's not going to participate. It's just crazy. And I don't, like, the three-point contest, they still get those stars also because there's no injury risk. When you have to do a crazy dunk, you may fall and hurt yourself badly. Uh, but in a 1v1 more, uh, tournament, too, 
I don't really think there's that much injury risk. I don't think there's that much uh, stuff that they can do wrong that they can mess up. But like you said, they have to have kind of an incentive to get the players in it. Yeah. All right. Should we preview, do a little, like, two-minute preview on every single game today? Yeah. There's only – so, okay. Starting off, Orlando versus Brooklyn. We don't need to go over this one too much. Um, it starts – it is 10.30 a.m. Um, Western time when we're recording this. Um, it starts in about an hour. Um, I don't know. I'll probably watch this game just for the first – just for the – I don't know, just to see basketball. Um, I'll probably be tuning in and out. I'm not going to watch this game fully. Uh, but let's go to what is maybe, maybe the most interesting game, and that is at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. That is the Memphis Grizzlies taking on the Portland Trailblazers. And, you know, this game includes John Morant and Damian Lillard, but it also um, has major playoff implications. Major. The Trailblazers are able to win. They're a full game um, up ahead of the Pelicans, uh, which would be huge for them. But if the Grizzlies were able to win, um, then the Grizzlies uh, are in a sitting nice and comfortable in the eight seed. And at worst, if the Grizzlies win today – it pretty much means that at worst, unless they fall off a cliff, it means at worst they are in a play-in game, uh, which is probably going to happen. A play-in game is probably going to happen, but um, it probably means they're locked into a play-in game um, as the eight seed and uh, are looking good to make the playoffs. But um, obviously you have Damian Lillard, who's going to be trying his hardest. Uh, there are thoughts that he might not play, but obviously he is because this game means so much to their playoffs hopes. But um, Damian Lillard's going to be trying his hardest to win. John Morant is probably, with all the acrobatic layups and dunks he does, um, one of the five most intriguing guys to watch in the league and entertaining guys to watch in the league. Um, Eduardo, what do you think about this game? This game, like you said, is going to be really interesting. Uh, the Pelicans lost, which means the Blazers kind of have that opening to kind of take two games uh, of advantage. The Grizzlies you know, this might not be as important. Like you said, if they don't really do well, they're probably going to be in a playing game. Uh, but, you know, really important game. Uh, all the players going to be doing their best. Uh, the Blazers played the the Pacers uh, in the scrimmages, which was a great game, too. I really enjoyed it. And you saw a lot of uh, good points for the Blazers. You had Nurkic, uh, all the players just kind of showing out, uh, kind of being back. And, you know, it's just going to be amazing to see uh, how this playoff, you know, eighth seed race uh, turns out because, it, you know, I'd probably put my money on the Grizzlies, but you could easily have some like the Pelicans or Blazers coming in and taking it. This is going to be really interesting to see. Um, yeah, uh, but moving on, Suns and Wizards, we can just yeah, pass is- by that. Literally the worst teams playing. Um but then you have Celtics and Bucks. Yeah. Now, we have talked about this matchup in the playoffs literally a bunch of times. In our bold predictions, I think awards, everything. Um, yeah. It's going to be amazing to see how this turns out. I hope, I honestly hope that the Celtics win just so we can see, um, you know, just so we can kind of get a taste of what they can do in the playoffs. Uh, but I want to put money on it. It's going to be an, a close game, probably, uh, unless you know something happens or, like you, like I said before, a little decision can change the whole game. 
but an amazing game uh, that we're going to get to see. I hope Kemba comes back uh, and plays like, you know, the Kemba that we know, uh, that we saw a little bit in the scrimmages too. But obviously you have Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown. They're all going to be amazing. Uh, it's going to be an amazing game to watch. Definitely going to watch the whole thing nonstop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this is a possible Eastern Conference Finals uh, preview. Um, I'm definitely going to be tuning into this one. And uh, this is going to be really interesting. I'm going to keep an eye on Kemba, um, see how he looks, and if it's explosiveness is um, pretty much the same. Uh, and, you know, I'm also going to be keeping an eye on who the Celtics are putting on Giannis because this is a very important game um, for the Celtics because uh, they need to get used to uh, their schemes on defending Giannis or how they're going to go up against them or whatever, how they're going to score on the Bucks great defense um whatever it is they're gonna need to um do whatever it takes to practice uh, this game because it could be very important down the road um yeah they they match up pretty pretty well both of these teams uh but obviously you have pieces like Giannis that are unstoppable and they kind of need to figure it out uh like you said and also this game really doesn't have that much risk uh, the only thing the Celtics could be playing for is getting the second seed uh, because then they're in the other side. Oh, no, no, they're out already going to be in the other side because it's uh, one and eight, four and five, eight, three and six. So, yeah, maybe they can get the second seed, but really a low-risk game. They're just going to yeah. try and figure out how to match up well against the other team uh, because they need that, both of those teams, because they have important pieces that are really hard to stop and they need to figure it out, you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously they want to get to the two seed just because of the possibility of avoiding Philly. Um, but my guess is Philly's going to go up to the fifth seed and Indiana's going to move down without Sabonis. Yeah. Um, but we don't know. Then moving on, Kings versus Spurs. We can go over this one quickly. You get to watch De'Aaron Fox. You get to watch uh, DeMar DeRozan. That's about it. The Kings were looking like they could make a playoff push, but – you know, they're, they were missing some of their guys, a lot the of their – best case um, scenario is probably losing now. Yeah. Just because, you know, trying to get that better lottery pick. Uh, like you said, Darren Fox is going to be good to see, but nobody really cares about this game. It's really unimportant. Uh, but, you know, they're actually pretty close. They're the 10th seed. Um, they're better than the Pelicans if they win this game. Uh, but I don't think they really want even to make that playoff push because they have nothing to win, nothing to lose, you know. It's really not – doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, and then the final game of today is also very interesting. So we have three really good games today and three pretty bad games today, and that is Houston versus Dallas. I mean, I'm looking for an offensive explosion uh, in this game. I'm going to be interested to see uh, what Porzingis does against the Rockets' small ball lineup. Um, and, you know, in the last matchup, the Rockets won by seven points. That was – um, sort of at the beginning of the small ball uh, sort of thing. Um, and, you know, I think this is this is going to be a really good game. And I'm interested to see Luca uh, and Westbrook and Harden going at it because this is a battle uh, of two of the most um, offensive uh, weapons in the league with Luka Doncic, James Harden. Um, and they're going to be going at it all, all game. Yeah, and, you know, it's easy to overlook, but 
seven and five, uh, Dallas, Houston, and Oklahoma, they have the same record. Dallas has three uh, more wins. But, you know, this is really going to be important, these games, because right now Dallas is facing uh, the Clippers. And obviously you never want that, but they can face the Jazz, you know. And whoever, um, you know, whoever faces the Clippers is going to have a problem. Uh, while if they face the Jazz, they can really probably get through maybe even the Nuggets. So these three teams, uh, they're actually playing for something, which is going to be exciting. They all have yeah. the same uh, same number of wins. And, you know, I just looked at it. It's going to be really important for all those teams to see what they can do in the playoffs, uh, depending on who they get. Yeah, I mean, the Mavericks need to uh, make up some ground in the standings because they are um, a deep, uh, a dark horse title contender, but they have to avoid the Clippers in the first round. They cannot be playing um, uh, the Clippers in round one. Um, and they need to get to a spot where they're going to be playing, uh, you know, maybe Denver or maybe, uh, or yeah, like you said, the Jazz, um, some, some team like that. Um, because if they end up playing the Clippers, they're, they're going to have a really tough time um, getting out of the West. And, you know, that, that's kind of it for the games today. Um, it's going to be really interesting for these seeding games. Um, I'm really excited to have basketball back, and that's going to do it for uh, today's episode of the Two-Way Podcast, and we will see you later.